Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Bow Hunter Planet Podcast, your gateway to the wonderful world of archery. Hey guys, welcome to the special edition of the Bow Hunter Planet Podcast. Thank you so much for joining today. Uh, we are talking Hoyt archery. Uh, we got Evan on from Hoyt to tell you guys about what they got going on. I even threw on my Hoyt hat that he sent me earlier in the year. I'd asked him for a couple hats and this one's sweet. It came in. Love it. Um, so Evan, you know, welcome to the show. You've been on a few times, of course, over the years. And um, every year, I feel like we're always back here talking about the latest and greatest from Hoyt. This year is no exception to that. You have some amazing stuff that's come out. You guys have a great shooting platform. Um, uh, personally, I've shot it myself already, the VTM. And I, I thought that it was one of the, um, it just holds so well. And I was going to suggest that when I shoot a lot of different brands, the something about yours when the way it holds, once I'm full draw and it locks in, it literally doesn't move. And I felt like, I don't know. I don't know if it's your new, the new grip you guys put in. That's absolutely incredible. I, I don't know what's causing it besides obviously it's a great platform, but it is a very structural sound product. So very well done. I guess I'll start with that, but uh, tell us, tell us what's going on with Hoy here. Yeah. So like you said, our new bows are the VTMs. Um, we have two models in that line. We have the 31 and the 34. Um, running the same grip as its predecessor, the Ventum Pros. Um, And those actually had a four degree lower grip position. Um, So what that does is it brings your wrist further into the bow and therefore helps to uniformly distribute the the pressure in your grip. Um, So it's much more even. You don't don't have a high spot or a low spot. Um, It's nice and, and consistent right in the middle of your grip. So it's going to be much more accurate and again like i said consistent shot to shot to shot um that is put on with the uh vital point grip uh, so we have that new material that we uh developed through some partnerships last year um it it almost has a tack to it if you haven't shot it um it, when you get your hand in there um a lot of companies and, and some of our old materials have really kind of allowed you to manipulate your grip and how it sets into the bow, even at full draw. Um, so our goal with the vital point was once you're in there and you're in contact with the bow and begin to go through that draw cycle and hit full draw, we really wanted that to be a much more solid point of contact. So adding that new material in, once you get to full draw, really helps to lock you into that bow and create a better foundation and contact point um, while you're at full draw. So, and I and can then, tell, yeah, it fits, it fits. So and that's what I was going to say. Like when I shot it, I'm like, wow, this thing is really a great shooting bow, mainly because I feel like the platform's so solid for me, you know, like when I'm holding it back, it just feels like I am locked in ready to rock. You know, if anything comes out, it's going down. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yeah, once you're, once you're at full draw and you hit anchor, it's, you go to, you get into so that solid. mode and it's, yeah, whatever, whatever gets launched out of this, I don't want to be on the other end of that arrow. No. So. And that, you know, I don't know if people, so if you haven't shot these Hoyts, honestly, you need to go to the pro shop and shoot them. Mainly I'm saying this, the vital point grip is unbelievable. Like I, 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 it actually, you guys won an award from us this year on the golden arrow awards for this grip, because it mm-hmm. is that amazing. 
uh, of a grip. I, I don't think people understand uh, if you haven't shot it or tested it or touched it, you I'm telling you, you are missing out because it literally could be the best grip in the industry right now. In my opinion, it is that awesome. It is a spot on grip. And I think um, people, I think the issue is that people sometimes overlook what they would consider something simple, but the grip, in my opinion, is nothing simple. It is literally one of the most important parts of that bow because you're contacting it every single time you draw the bow. And if you don't have a steady grip or if you're torquing or anything like that, you know, it's going to mess up your shots over time, especially in distance, especially. So this is really important. And and I I do want to also point out real quick, I'm really, I'm always proud of Hoyt because you guys always do a bow that hits 31 inch draw. And I think it's super important. A lot of people um, can't shoot a 29 or a 30. And so for you guys to always have something to offer them is a big deal as well. And it's, it's really something that we pride ourselves in. Um, you know, our, our big thing that we we really want to focus on this year in the office as we were going through the testing, the building, the designing and, and, you know, how we wanted to approach our release was what we're doing is more than just the bow. It's more than just the parts and the components and, you know, getting a, a working tool in that consumer's hand and, and having them spend the amount of money that they're going to. It's how things work together and uniting archers. Well, like you said, not every archer is a 28, 29, even a 30 inch draw. You know, I'm talking to guys almost on a weekly basis that are, you know, I'm 33, 33 and a half inch draw length. What do you got? Dude, the high line is going to be a perfect option for you. You know, if you're, if you're in that 31, 32, you know, the, the VTM 34 is going to peak out at 31 inches. The RX seven ultra has carried over for this year. It goes to 32. Like we have a lot of options for guys that are starting to push that 31, 32 plus range. I mean, the high line hits 34 inches. So it's got a wide range and it has, it has the HBX pro cam on it. That is on our RX seven series, which is our carbons um, and the VTM. So it's, it's a whole family of bows that can literally take you from 25 to 34 inches, depending on what your individual need and preferences are when it comes to specs. You know, the, the VTM 31 is going to be a, it's a 30 and five eighths axle to axle with a six inch brace height covers 25 to 30 inches in draw length range. And that's done with two modules. You've got a number two base. that's going to be 25 to 28. And then your number three base is 28 and a half to 30. And that bow shooting at 342 feet per second. Your 34 VTM comes in at 33 and three quarter. I, 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 I say three quarters. Yeah, three quarters. Right I got it in front of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're cheating. I'm not. <laughs> um, it's got a it's got a six and a quarter inch brace height. Um, that bow is going to start at 26 inches on the bottom side and go to 31. Using the two mod family system, you go 26 to 29, and then the number three is going to be 29 and a half to 31. So. When you're looking, like I'm very much a spec-oriented guy, so when I'm looking at my potentials that I can shoot for the year, um, I know like I'm going to be a 28-inch draw. I'm going to be 70, 72-ish pounds, depending on where that that 70-pound finishes out at. Um, and so I'm really looking at, you know, how does the draw cycle affect me, uh, but also what kind of speed and performance am I getting? And really, that can be dictated in where my draw length puts me in those modules. I always want to shoot towards the top end of either module that I'm going to be in. So those guys that are 28, 28 and a half, 29, you've got a hard look between both the 31 and the 34, depending on what you individually want out of the bow. And that's the beauty of what we've created. If you're 28 inches and you like that short axle axle and you really want the performance, perfect. You can get everything that you want in a great package in that VTM 31. When you go up to that 34, those guys that want to have that performance that are 20 and a half and 29 that have historically been on the bottom side of a module now get the benefits because they're at the top of that number two. And there's some crossovers like for me at 20 and a half, I, I don't shoot that bottom position very well because I've got a very, 
I don't want to say soft valley, but I've got a longer valley than I want um, because I'm on the bottom side of that module. And what that does is, is that creates a smoother draw cycle, but I can go up to the 34 axle axle in the same draw length and still be shooting about the same speed on a bow that's specked out eight feet per second slower because of where that position puts me. So you've got a lot of options when you start weighing them out. If you're a short axle axle guy, you've got to really look at what kind of performance am I am I looking for? Am I going to gain or lose some here? Maybe that that extra three inches in axle axle is actually going to be a benefit to me. Longer platform, more stability, easier to tune, more accurate, more consistent, and I'm going to gain speed and efficiency out of that setup. So really, really kind of start playing around and and having fun with some of those numbers because you know a lot of guys are going to look at that 31 and go yep i want that one because it's 342 where the btm 34 is only promoted at 334 but if you're at one of those breakover points at 29 and or 28 and a half you might get better performance out of that 34 than you'd expect to see yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, how does it work with the 80 pounds? Because I know some people are interested in that, um, that are looking for a little more weight. Is that something that comes standard or I have to order in 80 pounds? I I very much doubt that a lot of shops are going to carry 80. So, I mean, it would be an order, but it's not a special order. Um, it is considered a stock option um, in the VTM 31, the 34, the RX-7, and the RX-7 Ultra. So... We don't do that in the Highline, and we don't do it in our Z1S, which is our new speedbow. The reason for that, and we get asked a ton, you know, why don't you offer an 80-pound in, you know, in your speed series? Well, because if you look at the specs of that bow, which covers 26 to 28 in the number 2 mod, and 28 and a half to 30 in the number 3 mod. So... We've got a little bit smaller window in that binary cam. So instead of five inches, we're only covering four. But at 30 inches, that bow is shooting 350 feet per second. With a 70-pound lamb, if you go to an 80-pound lamb, most manufacturers are looking to produce anywhere from 18 to 24 extra feet per second in that 10-pound jump. So let's say conservatively we're going to make a 20-foot-per-second jump from a 70 to an 80 pound limb. So now you've taken a bow that's 350 and I'll, I'll give the guy a 30 inch draw. You're now taking that bow to potentially 370 feet per second. Wow. Find an arrow that spines in and tunes for that. Yeah. It's gonna be very, very hard, especially there's, there's a push right now in the market to see a little bit heavier or a higher percentage FOC where you're getting 15, 16, 17, some guys are looking even 20, 21, 22%, which to me is just way too much. Um, most of my setups that I've done really well with are in that 11 to 13% range. Um, you know, but there's guys up there that are, you know, here's my arrow build. I'm running a heavy broadhead with an insert and I'm looking to put 200 to 300 extra grains just in the front of that arrow. Weight on the front end of your arrow weakens your spine weight on the back end of your arrow is going to stiffen it you put 200 grains between a broadhead and an insert up front i don't care how much vein you're shooting in the back and, and how heavy of a light and knock you can get you're not going to be adding enough to the back of that arrow to balance that spine out you're literally shooting a cooked noodle when it comes to those kinds of yeah. of speeds and production so it's and again if I go from like my setup right now, I'm running a 411 grain arrow. I have, I've got 150 up front. So I've got a hundred grain broadhead with a 50 grain brass. And then I'm shooting 28 and a half inches at 72 pounds. I think I'm shooting like 302 or 301 feet per second. If I, if I bump my arrow, up to 450 and I bump up to 82 pounds and I'm only shooting 299 feet per second. I, I really didn't make a huge gain anywhere. And I'm going to create 
more movement on a draw cycle, especially in a whitetail stand or in a ground blind or when that bull elk is coming in on me and I need to get it done. And I mistakenly set up just a hair where his eyes disappeared and I start to move and I've got to take longer to get through that draw because of the way it loads. And now I've got to potentially draw half my cycle with him already staring at me. So, yeah. Um, so real quick on this, uh, so to close out the VTM conversation real quick, then we'll move on to the other stuff. Um, colors. Did you want to go through the colors real quick? So I know you guys added some really cool stuff. Yep. So we, we kept everything in the line that we had last year. So your solid colors were blackout wilderness and your buckskin. Um, you also have on the camo side, um, Sitka elevated to Sitka subalpine Cuyu Verde 2.0, and you have the real tree edge. For this year, we added the Origin Raptor Highland, which is their uh, more open country later season pattern, their, their yellowish tan. Um, and we also added in the solid colors, a color called Bourbon, which is a, a little bit deeper, richer brown than what the buckskin offers. Yeah, it looks really good too. The buckskin's cool too. We we're talking offline about that, but that looks really cool. I just... Yep. There's something about it on the bow. It looks phenomenal. Um, and, and truly like the bourbon really grows on you. Um, it, when I first saw it, I was a little hesitant and reserved about it. Um, but as I got it out into the crop fields and, you know, back in Kansas in the CRP grasses and, and just the different environments that I hunt in, um, both here in Utah and then back in the Midwest, I was really impressed with how that bourbon did in the different types of terrain and vegetation environments yeah it's so cool and now this bow uh so the vtm 30 and 30 or i'm sorry 31 and 34 mm -hmm. um you guys added um which i thought was pretty cool but you guys added a hole in the bridge um to get the uh the cable through without mm -hmm. it rubbing or being on the outside that was actually a pretty genius move and <laughs> it's see it's so simple seeming right but yep. sometimes and you just got to think it through right Yep. And again, going back to that more than a bow concept, the big focus that we wanted to look at this year was how do we improve overall user performance and their feeling with the bow? So we looked at our inline accessories that we had last year and how do we, how do we make our bow better with an accessory line? So we looked at the, the little nuances on how do we connect it? How do we reduce noise and hand shock and vibration when we add the extra weight and the material of our accessories? Because a lot of times you can add, you can you can add a quiver, you can add your stabilizers, and overall the bow will dampen in vibration and be a little quieter because again, you have more mass weight on, so it's gonna help dampen stuff. But some accessories depend on how they're designed. Um, you know, some quivers have a more open hood design with a longer span that allows them to shake and therefore it causes some residual vibration. It also causes a little bit of extra noise because now you sit there and you have a hood that wants to rattle on some carbon rods. So what we looked at was how do we incorporate our inline accessory line and make our bow better once our accessories are on it overall noise, hand shock, vibration. Part of that was in that back tech riser, creating that cutout where you no longer have to take your integrate rest um, or a drop cable around the tech bar, and now we can go straight through it. So your cord is protected from the environment, so nothing's going to you know yank it out, pull against it. It's nice and contained. It also allows us to stiffen that riser because you now create um, bridges in that tech bar. So we can lighten it up by cutting it out and we can also make it stiffer at the same time. So, and then we also did the same in the front above the grip. So as you're looking at, at where you would mount your sight, um, you know, we partnered with Garmin with our, the Hoyt Zero um, digital range finding site. So we've got a, a cutout in the front of that riser that allows you to run your laser cable through the riser and feed back to that site again cuts down on some mass weight because we're able to open up that riser a little bit, but it also opens up and allows us to create different tech bridges to stiffen that riser up. Yeah. I love it. No, I love it. Those are, those are really good, important pieces. I was going to suggest that, you know, it's nice to, 
I, last year I had a chance to, uh, I, I went, I reached out to the industry for accessories that fit your bows specifically. And a lot of companies came through on stuff, many site companies, uh, the rest companies, QAD, you know, I mean, just amazing stuff that good to put on there. And when you do put everything in line like that, it's actually a very interesting piece that you're not used to seeing when you're, you're so used to everything being pushed out to see mm -hmm. it all come into one is very magical in my opinion and, and having that ability. So I think it's cool. And, and on your website, people can see a lot of those accessories you guys uh, talk about on here, including the zero from Garmin, which is, I played with it myself. They sent it for the video we did for you guys last year. It's an incredible mm -hmm. site. Um, yep. but even the, um, even the quivers you guys have, I mean, there's so many options, um, you know, to use for, it's pretty cool. Yep. And we've got, we've got three different quivers as far as models go. Um, we've got a two piece and what we call a shorty quick disconnect. Um, both those come in a four or a six arrow option. And then we also have the stretch and the stretch is a unique one. Um, it's only available in a six arrow design, but it connects kind of those, those two preferences. So like, I like standard a two-piece because i get a longer distance from the hood of my quiver to the gripper where i connect my arrows so to me once i connect them because that connection point on the gripper is so much lower down my bow i don't have a bunch of extra arrow material and carbon to sit there and rattle it'd be nice to have a quick disconnect version but traditionally that hasn't been an option what the stretch does is it bridges that gap so you have a nice wide span between the hood of your arrow or the, the quiver hood itself and where that gripper is going to connect the arrows, which is still adjustable. And then it's got a span of a carbon rod that allows you to remove the entire quiver like a quick disconnect and still have that long distance span. Um, so it's, it's super cool. Um, it's lighter weight um, and it allows that user to have that great functionality between a quick disconnect quiver and the, the connection of their arrows. So, yeah, that's awesome. All right. Um, moving on here. What's we're going to talk about, I want to talk about carbon last, but it, just because I, I have to bring it up because it's, it's really an amazing piece of what you guys do, but, uh, let's talk about the speed bow first, the Z1S, um, mm -hmm. I guess what inspired this one? What was your guys' thoughts behind this bow? And you know, with getting and I'll, I'll just run through the specs real quick. I have it right in front of me. So three fifty uh, feet per second, thirty three inch axle axle, five and seven eighths brace height, which is pretty small. So again, you're getting a lot of power right there in that punch. Four point seven pounds, twenty five to thirty inches of draw, and thirty to seventy pounds of weights. And it does have the new finishes you described in the other bows. So I guess tell us a little bit about this one. Uh, really, what we wanted to do with that is have a binary cam speed bow that gave us a more solid riser design and and by that like heavier right the the problem you have with a turbo design model or a speed bow from any manufacturer is you have so much stored energy that when it goes how do you absorb it like how do you have a good consumer feel and experience with that bow i don't want to go and put four pounds of mass weight onto my bow just to get the the hand shock and vibration out of it but if I can start with a heavier bow and add less in my stabilizers and overall have a lighter weight that gives me that same feel, absolutely. And so again, it was all focused on that, that end user experience with that bow. You get the benefit of the draw cycle that you have with a binary cam system. So you have the 80 or 85% lead option to play with for each individual. That's going to kind of control how your back wall feels, how much you can pull against it, how easy it is to let up giving you 350 feet per second with that heavier mass weight riser to deaden and dampen vibration that much quicker. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a powerhouse little bow right here. Yep. <laughs> this thing looks awesome though. Yep. And at a 33 axle axle, it doesn't matter if you're on the bottom end of the draw or the top end of the draw at 30 inches, you get a great string angle. So you're not going to be fighting head position. You're not going to be fighting any kind of eye fatigue. It's going to be nice, comfortable and smooth to draw. Yeah, that's cool. Very well done. It looks great. I think it looks awesome. And I think, I think, I think a lot of people are looking for the speed portion. will definitely probably consider this model, obviously, mm -hmm. um, if they want that type of speed and aggressive power, that's pretty cool. Now, is this cam different than the other cams? Is this a different cam? It is, it is in the binary family, but it is a speed specific cam. So it's, it's got a little bit more of an aggressive um, oval egg shaped style design, um, a little bit harder cuts and some angles on it to get us that extra speed production. 
Makes sense. Yeah. And everybody's different how they, you know, what they want in a bow. So I, I understand why you guys have it. And, you know, for other people who want more speed, yeah. I'm a VTM guy, you know, I'm not, I like that. I like the nice relaxing, smooth, mm-hmm. you know, like great draw cycles. That's how I am. But I also don't pull a lot of weight. I try to stick to 60 pounds and keep it very simple for my hunting expeditions, you know, right. uh, but again, is, yeah. you know, I'm not out West. Like you guys are, I'm not shooting 60 yard shots. I'm shooting 20 yard pop shots for most part. So for me, yeah, I can do smooth and relaxed, you know, it works fine. So, yeah. All yeah. right. And especially on those late season hunts. Yep. Yeah. So carbon, um, now, so not a lot of change in the carbon section this year, yep. however, Absol- absolutely zero. And, so. But the thing is, is it's, it's, I don't, I feel like it's like one of those things like, well, you don't want to change everything, especially if something works so well. Yep. And I, so I hate to say like, you know, but the thing is, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I believe in that strategy, honestly, like in this bow, it's amazing. So if you haven't shot the RX-7, I'm telling you, I, we have one in our studio. We shoot it all the time on different live events, TikToks we're doing and all this stuff. And the bow is phenomenal. So, I mean, I understand why it wouldn't be changed this year. I, I'm, I'm, but you added some colors, right? There are some things. Yep. Yep, so we do have the color options that we added. Uh, so the Raptor Origin, um, and then the Bourbon on the solid color. Uh, but really, the decision came down to a lot of consumer and dealer feedback. Um, there was so much positive messaging in the in the industry from both the consumer and the dealers. On at Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This that, you know, nobody wanted us to change it. Like, I, I found the carbon bow that I really get along with. Like, the carbon with the binary cam system and the HBT pros is just amazing. Why go and take that consumer positive experience and do anything with it? Yeah. Beyond. No, I agree. Beyond, well, let's let it roll over and let's take everything that we were working on and we'll push it out another year. So when we are able to drop a 2024, we've got two years of design and development into it instead of just one. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So it, it, as far as they as the bows go, uh, for those who don't know, I just want to make sure we describe it correctly. So uh, you guys have the Carbon RX-7, but mm-hmm. then you have a Carbon RX-7 Ultra. Now, do each of those bows have a have a two different sizes in axle-axle, or is one or the other? Uh, one is each. So the, the RX-7 is going to be your short 30-inch axle-axle. And then the ultra is a 34. Got it. Okay. That makes yep. more sense. Yep. Yep. So, so the, the ultra is going to be 34. It's going to give you a little bit more. Well, what some people say more stable for them, right? For longer distance shots or whatever. And... Yep. Yep. And again, it's, it pushes the draw length range out for us. So the, our shorter axle axle bows are going to have That's right. the shorter draw length ranges on them. So the RX seven and the VTM 31 are going to have the same family of specs so it's going to be 25 to 30 inches with the same mod breaks for the number two and the number three mod then the rx7 is kind of in a class all on its own when it comes to that so it's going to be a 27 to 30 inch in the number two module the number three is going to be 30 and a half to 32 so it's it's right there. It's it's an inch longer in everything than the VTM thirty four is going to give you. It's going to be a bow that can take you into that high line, where if you're at that thirty one and a half, thirty two, you aren't forced into a bow that goes to thirty four. You can maintain an upper position in that number three mod um, and stay in that that nice sweet spot for production and efficiency and speed with the carbon. So what's your thoughts on, um, and, and this is general speak, you know, because uh, you guys have been doing carbon for a while now. This isn't like something new for for Hoyt. This has been around for a while. You guys have done some really interesting stuff with carbon over the years to prove its strength. There was some trucks. There's some there's some risers. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember when you guys first started this and it was it was pretty incredible. So what's your thoughts on this today? Like, where has this gone? Is this is in your in your thoughts? Is this like the ultimate? riser is using carbon i mean how do you how are you guys feeling about it i guess knowing what you know now about it 
well, there's a reason we carried it over. <laughs> yeah, I'm you know, sure. And, and the basically from from 2010 until this year, um, you know, we utilized a, a carbon core with an aluminum glue-on pocket head. Um, and essentially, what that did is, if you can imagine somebody walking a tightrope, okay, that is now their balance point, right? So you see them running the, the long rods and they've got weight out on the end. And the initial carbon risers were designed just like that. You had a carbon riser in the middle and then you had your aluminum heads on the outside to give you some balance and performance benefits. With the materials that we can use now, with the way we can design and engineer uh, the carbon themselves, we eliminated that need for the aluminum in general and have a solid carbon core riser construction. So top to bottom, you know, pocket to pocket, 100% carbon allows us to go longer and stay a little bit lighter. And then we can put that extra mass weight for balance and performance the way we want it to come through in the pockets and how we design the cams and, you know, how we attach our accessories. Cause you still have to have, you know, the ability to put on a site, the ability to put on a rest. And those are added um, pieces that we then have to attach to the riser from there. And that's where we get some of that extra weight. But compared to where we've been the last couple of years, I mean, taking your carbons and, you know, giving them a half pound uh, weight loss routine sure feels pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> this thing, this thing's awesome. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard for me to describe it for people who haven't shot these, but I can assure you, Go to your local dealer and shoot these bows because I'm telling you the RX-7 is legit and it is, you know, I, I over the years it's like people there, you know, I do a lot of live feeds. We do a lot of uh, you know, consumer conversations. I'll do TikTok lives for an hour. There'll be 500 people on there asking questions. And a lot of times people are they'll ask the question, uh, isn't that too much money? Right. That that comes up a decent amount of times for carbon. And I, my answer is no, it's definitely 100 percent not too much money. Number one. We've already seen in the the crossbow market mm-hmm. and three thousand plus dollars. People are buying these things like hotcakes, you know, with these major brands in the in the crossbow section. So to me, I'm like, well, two thousand dollars for a carbon bow that you want that's top of the line is nothing. And and if you look at the concept of golf clubs or tennis rackets or whatever, right? People carbon, spend, carbon bike frames. There you go. People will spend it on whatever they deem is what's important to them. And and that doesn't mean this is a great example too, because this doesn't mean you're spending this each year as well. Like you just yep. did, you kept this for another year. So that means if people bought it last year, they're not going to buy it again this year, you know? So they still have their $2,000 item. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily have to change every year. Now, of course, if you want to buy another one, Evan's totally down. If you buy an additional oh, one, absolutely. That's fine, but... Everybody needs multiple bows. You need an <laughs> indoor bow, color. an outdoor 3d bow. You need a hunting bow. <laughs> That, I mean, exactly. there's, you need a minimum of different. three. Yep. But yeah, I, I just, I love the, I love the carbon. I think you guys have dominated this sector, to be honest. It's just, it's an amazing thing. I, you can tell, I mean, companies are now following your lead, trying to make carbon bows. We're seeing this now. Obviously the industry is shifting, trying to catch up to what you guys have mass produced now for a long time and, you know, controlled, uh, doing a very excellent job. And that's the thing. When I think of carbon, my first thought is Hoyt. That's that's just, you know, when people bring it up, the first thing I think of is the Hoyt bows. And um, obviously you guys have had many of them over the years and all of them have been amazing. So it's just, it's pretty incredible to get to this point where you have one that you're like, this thing's so good. We're going to leave it around. <laughs> Let's do another yep. year of it. You know, it's pretty cool. Yep. yep. It was, it was really nice uh, from a, from a marketing standpoint, knowing how, how we can now focus and, and kind of, you know, re-internalize what we have going on and, and put more into the VTMs because the carbon is what it is, you know, yeah. and, and, um, you know, our big focus is going to be on the, the VTM series this year. And, you know, we, we know that there's plenty of, plenty of pie to pick up in that market. So I was on a, um, I was on an Instagram live the other day and I got invited to come on. Um, there was a guy doing some arrow builds and stuff and he was talking about his wife was talking about, um, what bow to get for a woman. And, and we were talking back and forth and he had mentioned other brands, you know, and I said, well, let me look at what Hoyt's got. And I was just like, let me look at all the brands, see what everybody's got. Well, it turned out like the eclipse was like dominant because like people forget about, and I don't know what it is about this, why people forget about this, but it's the mass weight. 
This mm-hmm. bow is only 3.7 pounds. There's a huge difference between 3.7 and 4.5, especially for a woman when they're holding it out like that, that long, yep. you know, and, and decent amount of time. And that was it. They, they were sold on this one after we talked about it because of this. But I, I just want to make sure people realize, uh, and I'm not saying a, a woman can shoot a VTM as well if, if it's made for her. But this bow, man, what a great bow this Eclipse is, honestly, for what you're getting for the money. This is an excellent, excellent deal. Yeah, and to do that with an aluminum riser is, is probably the more impressive feat because yeah, the Eclipse is an aluminum riser, not a carbon. Um, so you don't have that, that carbon price tag with it. Um, so for a lot of husbands whose wife has interest or you know, coming from a shop, in my experience on that consumer sales side, there are very, very few women and mothers especially – that spend money on themselves it is about their kids or it is about you know husband's hobby and things like that but they're very very hesitant reluctant to spend the money on themselves and this is a bow that if if you are out hunting with your husband um it's absolutely something that that i would recommend and and you know steer you towards you know a very strong conversation into upgrading to get it very very lightweight as far as the mass weight goes. And the way we can do that is our testing standards of 1 million cycles and the 1500 dry fires are at each individual bow models max capabilities. So the RX-7 Ultra is tested at 82 pounds and 32 inches of draw length because that's the top end of what a consumer could potentially get on it. You know, the high line is going to be tested at 34 inches and 72 pounds because that's going to be the top end. When we set out to design the Eclipse, we knew that we didn't want that bow to have the option of heavier than 60 pound limbs or to go above 28 inches of draw length. So now we know the top end of those testing parameters is going to be 62 and 28 inches. Well, that allows us to take a lot of mass weight out of the riser and still have the same consistency and quality in our testing standards when it comes down to it. So we're able to shave a lot of weight out of there and still give an ultimate shooting machine and performance for those shorter draw and shorter weight archers. Yeah. Um, that bow, I think we advertised it at 314. Is that where it's at? It's 314. I, you're looking at specs and I'm not. So yeah, sorry. I moved uh, <laughs> yep. to the next bow. I was yep. going to talk about, yes, it's at uh 314. Yep. Yep. So, so 314 feet per second. And a lot of people, honestly, like, a lot of people scoff at it. What they don't realize is we're not testing that at ATA or IBO um, guidelines because we can't. They don't exist for that bow. That's being tested at 60 pounds and 28 inches of draw length. Now, if you want to go and look at ATA guidelines, ATA guidelines is what we use because they are more strict. They're, they're more um, prone to – how do I say it? They are, they are much more rigid in their tolerances. So ATA guidelines say you can test your bow only up to 70.2 pounds. 70.3 is not in the guideline. You can test 30 inches. You have a quarter inch of draw length allotment. So the max you can test is 30 and a quarter. And then five grains per pound for your arrow. So a 350 grain arrow at 70.2 pounds and a 30 and a quarter inch draw length is your max allowable. IBO does not have a draw length restriction. If a bow goes to 32 inches, you can test it at 32 inches. Mm. They also say you can do 80 pounds and you get a two pound allotment that you do not have to account for with your arrow and then five grains for every pound of draw weight. So in theory, you could test 82 pounds at a 32 inch draw length with a 400 grain arrow and you have satisfied IBO guidelines. And to us, that's too loose. That's, that's not constrictive enough. So we use ATA. So Got if we it. take that Eclipse's specs at 314 and we make them ATA, we're going to gain 20 feet per second going from 60 to 70 pounds as that generality that we talked about earlier. So that now takes us from 314 to 334. 
if we go from 28 inches to 30 inches, we're looking to gain another 20 feet per second, 10 feet for every inch. That now puts that bow at 354 feet per second, ATA approximate. Wow. That sucker is blazing. Yeah. You are yeah. getting ultimate performance for what you're getting in that eclipse. I don't know if you know this, but I do my own rating. It's called the BHP rating, and it's 2970. No buts, questions about it. <laughs> we do it every video, and everybody loves it. They love the 2970 because I think majority of people shoot and, a 29. But. And it is. You know, 29 is 28 and a half, 29 are your, your two most common draw lengths. So when they see those numbers, it's like so much more relatable to, okay, yeah. that's going to be my setup. I'm not going to have to go, okay, well, the bow is, you know, on a VTM 34 is 334 feet per second and I'm 29 inches. So I'm going to lose 10 to 12 feet there. And then, you know, I'm going to shoot this weight, but my arrow is going to be this heavy and try and figure out all the calculations. And then, you know, I've got a baseline number that hopefully I'm, you know, plus or minus five feet per second. Well, I think it's funny because people think like, oh, well, you know, you need to do the IBO. And I, and, and majority of people are good with what we're doing at 2970. But the thing mm-hmm. is, some people be like, oh, you got to do IBO. But I say, I say to them, look, I'm not in the business of sitting here trying to, you know, unprove your marketing efforts that if you're two pounds, you know, two feet second faster, slower, I don't care. That's nothing to do with me. I yep. care less. Yep. All I care about is what is it to the average consumer? You know, when they go to shoot this bow, what are they actually going to get? You know, that's all I yeah. care about. 350, 450, 550, 50, That's how we do our weight to the arrows. And, you know, that this is what comes of it, though. But I, yeah. yeah so yeah. Hey, I do want to say something, though. This is really important. Um, uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the cobalt. This is an extremely <laughs> important bow. And I, I don't, I can't say it enough, but Hoyt is a legendary company. Uh, 1931, the history, and you guys, it's so important that you guys have this bow because obviously getting the youth involved is uh, a critical stage of archery. Um, and this bow is going to do it. And I'm super pumped, excited that you guys did this. And, uh, you know, I'll let you talk about this bow, but this is like the perfect bow in my mind. Yeah. And it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, we put, we put off launching it two other times cause it just wasn't quite where we wanted it to be, but. Um, I agree with you. You know, the, again, you know, we said it earlier, we want to build a bow for everyone, every individual, regardless of height, weight, shoulder issues, impingements, age, draw length. It doesn't matter. We want you to have an option now. And the cobalt was our adjustable youth model. Um, it's available from 18 to 28 inches of draw length range in a one inch adjustable mod. So it doesn't have half inches. Um, and then Depending on the draw length that your individual is in, it goes from seven pounds to 45. Wow. That's amazing. So awesome. So, and, and lightweight. 8 pounds too. Say, yep, That's two, really two important. Bare bow. That's yep. really important because kids have a hard time uh, holding a bow if it's too heavy. Um, and I've done this, believe me, we've tested tons of kids bows over the years. If the bow's too heavy, the arm keeps going slowly down, 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 and or, they can't. Really or the shoot. hip starts kicking out, and the shoulders come yeah. back to try and keep yeah. the bow up. And yeah, I I actually love the design of this bow though because it, it it looks like a Hoyt, and I love that because it's important to a kid. Like if your dad's shooting a Hoyt and they want to shoot a Hoyt too, you know, like yeah. it's really important to me. It's just like something that's I think every kid's gonna want something like this, and it, the look they look amazing. These these regular colors and the camo's great too from Real Tree, but the blackout, the buckskin, the wilderness, it looks so so good. Yep. yep. Um, so the, you guys... that's gonna that's gonna be available. Um, the only camo option on the Cobalt is gonna be Real Tree Edge, um, and all of your options will come with a black limb. So Edge riser, black limbs, um, wilderness riser, blackout, buckskin, and the bourbon. Um, those are going to be your four solid color options on that bow. So you might be a little limited in the camo options, but you still have five different colors that you can have yeah. on that bow for them. Plus you guys are offering a, a, a package for it, a fuse package it has the pro fire three pin sight, the mm-hmm. Maxis four arrow quiver four arrow, and the yep. whisker biscuit rest. So again, solid products there from fuse and trophy Ridge on that. I mean, those are awesome products. Yep. All, um, all mom and dad have to get is arrows release and, Put a D loop yeah. on the bow, they're ready to go. Looks like you guys are offering a couple uh special editions too, the bone collector edition and the Cam Haynes edition, which is cool too yep. for kids. It looks like that's kind of neat. Yep. Um 
Yeah, that's great, man. That's, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of great things from Hoyt this year. I, I don't know if there's anything I didn't touch on you want to talk about, but to me, you know, a lot of great stuff here. Very excited for you guys. I think that, um, again, the carbon area has just been amazing for you. And, um, you know, adding in this VTM uh, is just another great thing, especially with the little updates that did happen to it, I think are very smart and, and make a lot of sense. Yep. And again, it all goes back to that user, you know, that, that, Winning the battle at six feet, you know, and and if anybody has has heard any of our launch stuff, um, they probably have have heard that, and maybe you're wondering what it is. When you go into a pro shop and you're shooting bows head to head to try and figure out which one you you want to shoot or which one is going to be your baby for that year, you're shooting right off a block at six feet. And we want to win that battle, but once we do, all we want to do is increase your experience from there. So when you're shooting a bare bow, when you go to our inline system. The numbers that we were able to do this year when it comes to bare bow to a decked out Hoyt VTM 31 with our inline accessories. So um, quiver, SL sidebar mount, uh, the integrate rest, sight, okay, all of our accessories on it. Loading that bow up gave us 31% reduction in hand shock. 59% reduction in residual vibration in the bow and 11% reduction in sound. Wow. Crazy. So again, it's how does our bow work together to give you the consumer the best experience and the most confidence when you hit the field. So little tweaks here and there to make a world of difference. Not to mention the heritage and history behind behind Hoyt. Like I said, 1931. It's incredible. Um, the journey. That's all I got to say. Oh, I know I want to bring up real quick. Sorry. I almost forgot. This is really important. Uh, the Torix. All right. I know it didn't launch mm. this year. I know it's been around. Yep. But it's really important because a lot of people are looking for something a little cheaper. Yeah. The mid, um, that so mid-range or quote-unquote entry-level bow. Yep. Yeah. Um, so when actually... I was at... I was at Total Archie Challenge. Yeah, and I was at Total Archie Challenge. The Hoyt team there walked me through the Torx, the Torx XT uh, on you know, on video there. I, I think it's on our channel somewhere. But um, it was a great to see it. And I, one of the biggest things I talked to him about that day at the show was that. Because I was like, man, this is a really important bow for a lot of reasons. But I don't know if you want to just, you know, a couple comments on the Torx itself. Yeah, so the Torx is our, our mid-level entry type bow. Um, we actually have two different models, um, and they are, I don't want to say polar opposites, but there are a lot more differences um, in those two than people would initially see out of the gate. Your Torx is going to be your more quote-unquote basic bow. Um, it has a cable slide instead of a roller system. Um, it's a little bit shorter axle to axle, um, has a little bit longer brace height. It's shooting 328? 327. Seven. Okay. So close. So close. Um <laughs> It's a, it's a cast riser that is drilled and tapped to accept our shock pods, but does not come with them. Um, it covers 26 to 30 inches in draw length range in one module, half inch increments. So you get all four inches of adjustability right there in one cam. The Torx XT has a little bit more of upgraded components. So it goes from a molded pocket to an aluminum pocket. Um, we go to a roller system instead of a cable slide. It does have a different cam on it. It's got a shorter brace height, a little bit longer axle to axle. Um, I think it's three quarters of an inch longer, if I remember right. Um, and that bumps the speed up to three, I want to say 36. 336, yeah. 336. <laughs> We're doing good today. I'm remembering my numbers really good. <laughs> um, it's about an extra 100 bucks to the consumer. Um, it's a 31 axle axle. It increases the draw length range and goes from 25 and a half to 30 inches. And then the XT also has a long draw option where we go from an 11 inch limb to a 12 inch limb, lengthens your brace height a little bit and extends that draw length range from 26 and a half to 31 inches. So again, if you're, if you're that 30, 30 and a half, 31 inch guy, there's another option for you in a more welcoming type price point. I, I would tell a consumer, you know, and 
those who listen to our show and know everything about BHP, you know, it's really important to us. The little things are very important sometimes. And in this, in this instance, the extra hundred bucks, totally worth it in this, in this, I mean, you be, you, you there's no reason, but if you can't do it, you can't do it. Torx still a great shooting bow. I've shot it. It's a great bow, but the XT gives what I think is well worth over a hundred dollars of, of add-ons. So, I mean, you're getting the shock pods, you're getting that the cable uh, glide system, you, you know, a roll, an actual roller and not just a slide. So, I mean, there's some big things. And then the, the cam, I mean, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's worth the hundred bucks hands down, but it, you know, if you can afford it, I would definitely consider it. And you guys out for this in the new colors as well. It looks like. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's sure exciting, do. but very important bow, because again, a lot of people that can't afford to get into that higher price point need an option. Right. So this is a great, exactly. great option for them. So, all right. Well, last thing I just wanted to uh, say, thanks for doing the podcast. Appreciate you coming on and telling everybody about, you know, what Hoyt's got going. I do want to mention, uh, Hoyt.com. If you're there um, on the website, they have a thing called Hoyt Life. And in there, they have uh, bow hunting, a whole bunch of stuff. There's a blog, a podcast, just a ton of great content uh, around the Hoyt family of brands. And, um, you know, if you're a Hoyt shooter, you know, you definitely should be on there is my point. You're going to love what you're seeing on there. And if you're not a Hoyt shooter, this is your chance. You know, you've learned a lot today. Go to the pro shop, shoot their bows, give them a chance. Uh, see your thoughts and tell us about it comment below you know what do you think about the bows is there something you like don't like let us know below so you know evan knows what to tell his bosses you know what i mean you got to have something right. you have some data yeah i want some <laughs> feedback so you know and again on the social media thing guys um we want to see your successes so for those of you that are shooting hoyts and you're on social media you know if you if you shoot anything i don't care if it's a spike if if you're shooting does i i feel my my freezer this year just on does um you know tag Hoyt tagged out in those images, let us see them and, uh, you know, give us the ability to share the world, your success and, and welcome you to the Hoyt brand. Awesome. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, uh, Hoyt. And thanks everybody for watching. We'll see you next time on the Boner Planet Pod. The Bowhunter Planet Podcast would like to thank our outdoor partners for their support. It's because of these companies we can keep this show educating, entertaining, and growing the archery heritage. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.